Hi, everyone, and welcome to season four of the podcast. I'm super excited to be back and to announce that the podcast will now be called the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast to better reflect the subject matter. The first few episodes were recorded before the rebranding, so I still refer to it by its old raw fork name in those. Anyway, I had no idea when I started this podcast that it would evolve to this format, but I did know that I wanted to share people's stories. It has evolved from me reading my blog post out loud to interviewing non-traditional pharmacists, including herbalists. Season 4 will air every Friday, highlighting inspirational pharmacists that chose to fit out of the proverbial box and are working to build a new system of care focusing on natural and preventative medicine. Please enjoy the show. Hey, hey everyone. Wow, I can't believe we've made it to the season finale. To close out season four, I connected with a truly magnificent healer and teacher who shares her wisdom with patients and practitioners alike. Now, before I introduce you to her, I'd love to invite you all to continue following along the journey as I start to build out season five behind the scenes. So you can follow me on social media at Dr. Marina Books of or uh, go on my website, drmarinabooksof.com or shoot me an email to marina at rawfork.com. So if you or anybody you know would be a great candidate for the show, please don't hesitate to reach out. So I'll see you back here in season five when I'm going to be relaunching with a special announcement and partnership. So stay tuned for information on when that will be. So now let's get back to today's episode. Dr. Elizabeth Bolin, ND, is an adventurous woman who broke free from conventional paradigms in order to liberate a new era in health. Her tenacity keeps her grounded. Dr. Liz moved to a small town in the Canadian Arctic, pivoted her entire practice virtually, and she continues to build her practice regardless of where her RCMP husband gets posted, all while raising her young child. Liz is a truly authentic soul that sees your inner magnificence and listens to your unjudgmentally while holding sacred space for your transformation. Her ability to lovingly call you out on your BS as she compassionately guides you forward despite yourself guarantees your success. Feeling trapped in a black sheep all her life, Liz fostered her inner resilience by pushing herself to find freedom that allows her to thrive. The poster child for perfectionist and overachiever, Liz has adopted imperfect action and finds triumph through wielding the magic of being high functioning. Walking the alternative path, she has found her calling in integrative quantum healing. She's calling her kin to find their home in their profession of their dreams. Liz is a wonderful guide on the journey of bridging science, medicine, and magic in the field of quantum healing. So without further ado, let's welcome Dr. Liz to the show. Hi, welcome back to the show. I have with me today, Dr. Elizabeth Bolin. She is the founder of the Bolin Health Institute, and we're going to talk all about it in the episode. So can't wait to get started. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is an awesome opportunity. Yes, Um, we met on LinkedIn and we've kind of been following each other for a while now. 
But for the listeners, can you introduce yourself and a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and how you became a doctor? Of course. So I'm Dr. Liz. It's typically what I go with. And I am a trained naturopathic doctor. And I bridged into integrative quantum medicine um, about two years ago. And I haven't looked back since. I found that growing up with a really sick brother, there left a lot of cracks in healing. So I knew I wanted to heal the world, of course, because it couldn't just be my brother, it had to be everyone in it. And I didn't like the way conventional medicine really went about it. He was on about 30 different medications at one point for something as simple as Crohn's at the time. 30 medications was a lot. Wow. He never really got better. He still just progressively got worse. And I was introduced to naturopathic medicine and I thought it was right up my alley. It was all about eating clean and different types of herbs and different types of healing modalities meshed together. Uh, One of my fortes is traditional Chinese medicine. So I am a huge TCM buff and have brought that forward with me on my entire journey. Uh, I saw a naturopath myself when allopathic medicine ended up failing for me. So I ended up with daily anxiety attacks and I had fever for two and a half years and no one could tell me what was going on. So I went in to see a naturopath and it was really helpful for the fever. Helped a little bit with some of my anxiety attacks. And I was like, you know what? this is the way I wanted to go. So I went in to become a naturopathic doctor four years later after my undergrad, I get to call myself a doctor. And I still had daily anxiety attacks. They got really pretty bad. Um, and I couldn't take it anymore. So everything I was trying wasn't working. I ended up seeing a coach who had neuro-linguistic programming, hypnosis, NLP coaching and timeline therapy. And I sat there and I was just like, I got like, sure. This is like the one thing I haven't tried. I have no idea what you are, but I I, like, I'm going to try it. Like, let's just go. And within six weeks, I haven't had an anxiety attack since. And I used her as a mentor for a really long time. And then I eventually decided that I wanted to go deeper with my patients. So I was practicing as a naturopathic doctor and decided to bridge into integrative quantum medicine through those four designations. And I now started creating my own mind-body medicine techniques. And I really started focusing on my clients and my patients' health journey and how they start to heal. Because the one thing I really wanted to ensure was that everyone felt empowered and didn't feel like they fell through the cracks and didn't want people to be sitting on the fact that they felt unworthy or unlovable and that they weren't enough. Mm. Like I found going through it all, I still had those underlying thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. And when I really broke it down and decided to focus on my own healing journey so I could lead others through it, those were really the root of everything that I was going through. And I have made it my mission to make sure that patients and anyone going on their healing journey never feels that again. 
So I opened the Bull and Health Institute and I train other leaders in the healthcare industry to effectively make sure that their patients get better and have the results guaranteed in writing. I'm one of the only doctors that actually guarantee the results in writing. And I'm that confident because I make sure that they go through that healing journey completely supported in a truly integrative way. And I train others who want to go down the same journey I did to do the same. So that's me. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, I feel like we went really deep and also really wide there. Um, so thank you for sharing. Um, I absolutely think that every human being, ultimately what we really want when it boils down to it is to be seen for who we truly are and accepted and loved for who we truly are without holding back um, and without creating a persona of who we're not in order to trick people into loving us or what we think will please other people. And all of that, like you said, comes from these deep-rooted ideas that we are somehow unlovable and unworthy of love. So that's really, really important work. Yes. It's been a very fun ride. And it's one of those that I attract healers who do the same. I've never been one for the surface level. I always found it was they're like, no, there's more to it. I can't, I can't just scratch the surface. I go, I always went underneath and made sure that everything was supported. It's kind of like you build your foundation and then you build up from that. You had to get to what I like to call root cause medicine. Mm -hmm. And it's not where people really think it is. Yeah. <laughs> naturopath people like we work with root cause medicine. Yes. And then it wasn't until I started working with the unconscious mind did I realize where root cause medicine actually hit mm. and how to truly bridge mind, body, and soul together because you're missing a component because your unconscious mind really runs the show all the time. We want it to be our conscious mind, but it's really our unconscious that runs it. And I've never been one to really just, I can't scratch the surface. I have to go deep. It's where you get the authenticity. It's where you get true healing, no matter what it is. The authenticity comes from being vulnerable and breaking down those barriers and those walls that you're kind of keeping stuck. Wow. Well, I'd love to hold this idea about the unconscious and dig it a little deeper in a little while. Um, so for now, could you tell us a little bit more about your own personal background, you know, where you grew up, um, what did you think you were going to do after school and, you know, what were really like those key turning points that led you to really choose naturopathy and then eventually dig down into the quantum healing? Okay. I grew up in Newmarket, Ontario. It was a very small town at that point. And I thought I was either going to be a doctor or a lawyer. I was determined I was going to change the world in one way or another. And as I had said earlier, I grew up with a sick brother. So I kind of chose like health route. Mm -hmm. so I went through thinking I was going to be a doctor and I mean a traditional doctor although I had no idea about what naturopathic medicine was. So I went through all of my 
early life into teenage years, striving to get into med schools, ended up in my undergrad and I ended up sick my first two years with my fever and someone suggested go see a naturopathic doctor. I'm like, what, what is this quackery? (laughs) You kidding me? Then I went and uh, my very first naturopathic mentor changed my life and was able to do magic essentially that I never thought she could. So I switched trajectories and went into naturopathic medicine and did that course, which was intense. Still can't hear a bell ringer. So we still have to do our OSCEs and I still have the, oh, it's time to actually change and do this and do that. We have little triggers with bells now. And I ended up coming out of naturopathic medicine and I started practicing. I got pregnant within my first year and thought that it was going to be a lot easier than it was practicing being a naturopath in Ontario. I also went through in the first year where the College of Naturopathic Doctors in Ontario, Kono. Mm -hmm. So my very last year in school was doctor day for naturopathic doctors in Ontario. And we had a very different playing field than I thought I was going to have when I started this journey. It was a lot more restricted. So went into practice, had my baby within my first year of practice. Highly don't recommend build your practice. <laughs> really build your practice before you have your baby. And took my mat leave, but then came back with a new game plan. How mm-hmm. did I want to help people? How did I, where was my targets? Who are the patients I really thought that I could help the most? Um, Came back with a vengeance, did really, really well. And then my RCMP husband tells me, we're moving to Nunavut. I'm like, (laughs) Nunavut? Like, really? Where in Nunavut? And he goes, he tells me Cape Dorset, which is a very small town, which is about 100 so 1,200 people in it. Wow. And it was here. We're being shipped up. How do you pivot? And how do I keep doing what I want to do when essentially now I'll be moving around the country? And after probably a big cry <laughs> and a, probably a massive hissy fit of, I finally get to do what I want to do. What do you mean I'm moving? I took it down and I decided to pivot completely virtually and add the designations that allowed me to go deeper with patients that my coach had. So I went completely virtually and decided to get the neurolinguistic programming, hypnosis, timeline therapy, and NLP results coaching. So I could actually still be competitive and help people the same way I wanted to. I I couldn't see people the same way I wanted to, like no one was going to be in front of me. I had to be able to make them feel as supported. I could in my office through a computer screen. Mm. And those designations allowed a lot of that. And needless to say, when I started that journey, no one knew it actually had to do with a lot of spirituality and that it had to do with unconscious mind and weaving in quantum physics into medicine. So when I started that, I was just thinking I was getting some really cool tools that do really cool things. 
And then as I went through the first level, I was like, this isn't the same designation. This isn't the same stuff. And uh, we went pretty deep into one of the most powerful mind body tools known on the planet and what they're calling the tools of ascension. And I wasn't ready to start bringing spirituality. And I was one of those closet spiritual people that like was never going to admit that in public. Uh huh. Going through those designations, I was like, okay, I got to come out of the closet because this is just too cool. This is too cool to hold back. So now I bridged into what we call integrative quantum medicine, which is really where science and spirits align and where we really get to see where you put quantum physics and medicine together and the results that really happen when all of those actually weave rather than here's your spiritual body, here's your physical body, here's your mental body, and here's your emotional body. It's like, no, put them together and see the glorious things that happen. And that led me into opening up the Bowen Health Institute. It's all about integrative quantum medicine and taking whatever type of healer that you are and really making your own healing magic. How do you start weaving that and being as effective as you can for the people you need to be. And I still live in King Gate, Nunavut, essentially. I now switch between Ontario and Nunavut on a regular basis. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we're off to the Yukon after this, actually. Amazing. <laughs> Family of travelers. <laughs> yes. Family of adventurers and travelers who are really dedicated to making things happen really much. So my dad, my uh, husband's more so in law enforcement and I'm more so in the health aspect. And uh, we've developed some interesting health programs up there that they don't have. So a lot of Inui don't have access to long-term healthcare or wow. any healthcare that has anything remotely healing. It's more of like, how do I manage? So I've done a lot of support and trauma work up there with the Inui and a lot of the healthcare providers. So making the difference wherever we go. Amazing. They're lucky to have you. And I was going to say your husband is meeting that side of you that wanted to be a lawyer. So <laughs> He really is. He <laughs> never out. <laughs> right? There's the law portion. There we go. Yeah. The sacred masculine and feminine. Awesome way of putting it. Never thought of that. Yes, it's very much true. Very much so. Yeah. So I want to go back and talk a little bit about how Canada views naturopathy and what is the legal status there, because it might be a little bit different from our, what our U.S. listeners are familiar with. And also when you started work, you know, was there ample opportunity in the field? Did you start your own private practice right away or uh, what are the steps to doing that? Okay. Um, naturopathic medicine in Canada is based on provincial. So your scope was very segmented on where you're located. British Columbia is the, I'd say the most liberated province mm -hmm. in Canada that we have. You have access to do 
lab test diagnosing, any type of healing modality that you want to when you're trained into. We get to do prolotherapy, we get to do different types of biopunctures and different mixes that are not allowed in other provinces. They are the most open and most liberated province. Um, you move to Ontario, which I would say is one of the most constrictive provinces to mm. practice in. We have the most limited scope of what we can do. And we do a lot of acupuncture, clinical nutrition, herbal medicine, homeopathy, massage, cupping, and a few other healing modalities and not as much of the prolos and the more advanced stuff that we have been trained in. So naturopathic doctors are trained in many, many, many different modalities that we are not necessarily able to fully practice in. So like I'm able to draw blood. We're not able to do that in Ontario. You're able to do that in BC. So becoming the naturopathic doctor it really just depends on where you're going to end up practicing. We only have two schools. We only had two schools in Canada, which have now become one with two different campuses. Oh, yeah. Um, COVID changed a lot. So they joined during COVID and starting your own practice really just depends on where you want to start and where. So if you want to start in a regulated province, you have to join the boards. You have to pass all the tests needed to do that. And those tests will depend on exactly where. So BC, Alberta, Ontario, Manitoba just got regulated. Quebec is regulated, Ontario. Those are the regulated provinces. Everywhere else is not regulated and it's free reign. Mm. Joys of being in a regulated province is the fact that naturopathic doctor is now monitored. You can't put a naturopath. You can't put naturopathic practitioner. You can't do some of those loopholes that you could do in an unregulated province for someone who's not trained. So if you wanted to do something that is not naturopathic doctor or doctor of naturopathy, you actually get fined and cease and desists. Wow. You go to a different, say in Nunavut, it's not regulated. I keep my license in Ontario and abide by their regulations. None of the territories are regulated and out east is not as well. There's very few of us actually out east practicing. So if people really wanted to start a practice, going out east is one of the easiest and most welcoming communities you can. And starting practice is different. It's not what I ever thought it was going to be. One thing I want to say is that it's running a business on top of just being a healer. Hmm. It's one of the things that we don't do well. We always just focus on how do you heal someone? Yeah. You're like, I can do that really well. The next part is how do you get people in front of you? Yeah. You make sure that you run a business. Like what is this thing called accounting? What is this? Like, what is this whole back end of here's you're still a business in Ontario. We have, since we are more regulated, we are not able to offer certain packages that say a business would. So depending on your province in Ontario, you may not actually be able to run a business the way you think a business should be run. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do a session of 12 acupuncture sessions. I have to charge 12 acupuncture sessions. I, I cannot actually give you a deal. If you buy 12, I'll charge you for 10. Like that's not a, that's not a thing. Yeah. There is, this is what it is. Okay. 
um, we have coverage under certain private healthcare plans. You're not covered by any of the healthcare in Canada. So whether it's OHIP or the, the provincial healthcare in BC or Alberta, we are privatized plans that cover our services up to a certain limit per year. The average is about 500. Some of them go up to about 1200 for naturopathic doctors. And it is one of the most rewarding professions to be in. And unfortunately, after five years of practicing, most people are no longer. Interesting. Why is that? Five years later, if you haven't learned how to run a business because you never trained in it, it doesn't go very well. The intention to get out there and heal people is one of the most noble intentions to have. And in reality, you still need to be able to function and have a business. We've also seen that it's mostly women as naturopathic doctors. And once children come in to mm -hmm. play, it becomes very hard to practice. We're all practicing part-time and going around children's daycare and people expect to have a doctor be in whenever they can. Yeah. Or work on their schedules and it hasn't done very well. We also see a loop in how much naturopathic doctors make. We have people who make probably about 30 to 40 a year. And then we have people who make 140 a year. And there doesn't seem to be like a curve. And there isn't a lot of wiggle room in between. It's like some people really got it down and they do really well in practice. And then other people who are just scraping by. It's as a profession they've been trying to rectify for a really long time. And especially in Ontario, it's been hard for a lot of that I know practitioners become really successful in. It's been really hard to break through it. And there've been some really good outlets to try and make them get it there. And they haven't been successful. We're still waiting on that break where naturopathic medicine becomes something that's more standard and more prevalent and where people are willing to put their health forward. So in Ontario, we also, or in Canada, we're not used to paying for our healthcare at all, right? We go to a doctor it's, or we go into the hospital visit. We don't pay for it. Right. It universal is healthcare. Universal. It's something that's guaranteed. So when you start getting more privatized healthcare, it's like, what do you mean I have to pay for it? And then you have your privatized insurance plans that will pay for it. And one of my favorite quotes is from Caroline Miss. And she says, when you put a limit on healing, you get limited. You put a limit on your healing, right? You're willing to pay for it is the limit of what you're actually going to get from it. Yeah. And you get a lot in Canada. We have a big discrepancy where a lot of our healthcare focuses on what we can get for free. Mm -hmm. We're not used to investing in our health. It's because it's not something that we've had to do. So you get people who will invest in it. And those people have been attracted to certain practitioners and they make it really far in the industry. And if they haven't been able to break through, a lot of people are no longer practicing or they'll go into teaching or they'll work for a nutraceutical company. So the naturopathic doctorate degree really is helpful in getting into other avenues that we haven't seen it be super successful to stay in practice. Right. So you're saying that 
some people do invest in privatized insurance plans and they may cover naturopathic services. Yes. Okay. Um, and then if they don't have private insurance plans, they can choose to pay in cash. Yep. Got it. Um, now, when you actually go to school for it, right, is it an accredited educational system? And then is it standardized across the board where you learn all the different types of modalities that you mentioned from massage therapy to cupping to acupuncture to all of the other things that you mentioned? So that's all standardized across the board? So it is standardized in Canada, yes. In the States, there are four different naturopathic schools that have varying levels of that. So a lot of times you can do acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine on the side of it. Mm -hmm. Canada, it's one big program. In the States, they allow you to actually pick and choose which stream you want to go into. The end of the day, we all have to write, everyone in North America has to write a standardized test in order to actually practice anywhere in North America. I see. So like we all have to write the same types of tests. Acupuncture is still separate because of the States, because some of them may not have actually studied it. So we don't throw that into the general one. Like, can you be an naturopathic doctor that is accredited and standardized? And Mm -hmm. it's a doctorate. So we have a doctorate in naturopathy coming out in Canada. And you guys have always had one in the States. The States seem to be a little more forward with privatized healthcare because they're very much used to it. Yeah, in America, I mean, in US, it's definitely more state specific as well, where some states allow naturopathic doctors and recognize them and others do not and they restrict them. So in Canada, you were saying there's different areas. So you all pass the same standardized boards and you have a standardized accredited education system. But um, depending on where you practice, there might be certain restrictions on the license. Yes. Okay. So let's say you are, um, you know, you've graduated, you took the standardized test for North America. Is there any part, is there any practical part of the exam where you do the acupuncture and massage and the cupping part that somebody observes you? Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. So that will depend on... That'll be either state specific or province or territorial. There is no regulations in territories, but in province specific, you have to do, if you're getting into those boards and you're gonna practice in that college under their license, you have to actually make sure that your practicals are done. So they go through like, here's diagnostic, here's what you do for acupuncture, here's what you do for your healing modalities. You have to make sure that you are up to par for that province or state. That being said, that's not in unregulated ones. Right. And the unregulated, like I wish people make very, very clear that they look through people's bios to make sure that they do see that they went to a certain school mm-hmm. and they are a trained doctor in naturopathy, not a naturopath, which is one of the most common ones that people think for a naturopath, they put like nature in it. I'm like, that's not the same thing. So it's, it's easier when you're in a regulated province or state because the boards and the college actually take care of it. The unregulated provinces, they don't. 
And so it's really about the people who are in there doing the research on this person that they're going to. And it's like, yes, they did have all their credits. They did pass it. They are good. We're just working in a province or territory that is not regulating it for us. Got it. We jump through practicals. We do extensive practicals through school and we have to keep up our skills after as well. Continuing education. So important. Now you mentioned prolotherapy. Can you elaborate on that? Because I don't think people in the States might be familiar with this. I can't do it in Ontario, though. I really wish I could. So prolotherapy is really one of the best pain management techniques you can do. And it's about different types of injections that go in to cause the inflammation in the joints to go down. So it's really a effective way to treat pain and not necessarily available everywhere. So Prolo is available. I know in certain states they do offer it. I know in BC, you're allowed to it in Alberta, you're allowed to do Prolo therapy and other practitioners other than naturopathic medicines also do do it. So Prolo is not just naturopathic specific. This is just, it's different types of injections. So other types of healthcare providers are still able to do prolotherapy. And it's one of the best ways. Like PRP is another one. So platelet, when you're actually do different types of injections for joints and pain. And they're not just naturopathic doctors. It's other types of doctors that actually can do that type of modality. You just have to be a doctor in order to do it. Got it. All right it's amazing for pain. So once you graduated or you passed all your boards, you know, all your therapy modalities, you're ready to serve. If you're in a regulated province, could you join an existing practice or group, or do you always have to start your own practice? That's a very good question. You can join others. This is clinic specific. So it depends on what the clinic is offering, if they have an availability. So you can join an existing clinic where you're working with other practitioners. Some of them would be chiropractors, homeopathic doctors. You'll have massage therapists on board, osteopaths. That's going to be a really integrative one. And you could be the naturopathic doctor. You may be an independent contractor, means that you basically either pay a rent or you pay a certain percentage of what you bring in that mm-hmm. month to the clinic owner. Okay. That seems to be the most normal, like I would, it's the one that happens more often. Mm-hmm. I would say up here in Canada, especially on Ontario. Other times you become an associate where you work under someone and you can kind of get a lay of the land of their clinic. And most of the time we're not offered the here's your, we don't get a salary. What you bring in is what you get. So as a lot of the time, it is an independent contractor and it just depends on, are you paying for the room? Are you paying a percentage of what you bring in? And I have worked under both and they seem to have, I prefer paying for my room. So what if I just pay for my rent, whatever I bring in is the rest of mine. And if you're paying for a percentage that for that room, the clinic gets it, no matter what you bring in, right. Doing really, really well. They get, <laughs> they get that percentage, no matter what you're bringing in, yeah. which is 
sometimes nicer when you first start because you may not be bringing in as much. And they take that dip because they know when you start doing better, they'll get more and they'll get return on their investment in the first place from a clinic owner. And that being said, you can also start your own clinic and do the same and rent out spaces for other people. A lot of naturopaths don't do that. They end up normally working as an independent contractor. And once they've started, if they make it past a five-year hump, then you'll see naturopaths starting to head up some of their own clinics, but most naturopaths don't start there. Hmm. I know. So I know you mentioned learning the business ropes and how that has its challenges. So could you share what was kind of like your renewed plan after your maternity leave that you were excited about? And also you mentioned the coach. So where did that come in? So I worked with my coach right before I got pregnant and she was more of the, here's how to deal with life coach. Mm-hmm. here's how like here's your perfectionist area and like here's reality like perfection is unattainable stop that mm-hmm. and like come back to reality that's not a thing let's not set yourself up for failure so it was like how do I do life as not a perfectionist and getting over adrenal fatigue so getting pregnant and do- taking my mat leave allowed me to really look in and be like where do I want to actually practice who do I want to serve So it really got down to finding my target patients. Who do I think I can effectively serve and help? And it really ends up being an earlier version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Always, whether you've actually thought that that's what you were putting out there, they're always going to be an earlier version of yourself. So when your marketing actually lines up with the earlier version of you, it gets a lot easier. So when you start looking internally, that's when the stuff is like, what have I been through? What can I guide people through? Cause I've been through it. Yeah. It makes it easier for, okay, good. Now I can actually lead them and my marketing will now mesh with me. So I had a lot of that time with my mat leave and did that. So when I came out, I made sure I had invested in marketing, which I wasn't necessarily as savvy with. I took the time during mat leave to also figure out how to market. What is this thing called Google ads and Facebook ads and Instagram ads? Where am I most likely going to get the biggest bang for it? But I took the time to learn that, you know, those things that most people take for granted, start learning how to do marketing, start learning how to do business. Like what does profit and loss statement look like? How do I manage managing a dispensary? If I'm selling nutraceuticals, how many do I actually stock? What is that? So learning all of the different parts of running a practice, I kind of took the time when I had my downtime to do, which they weren't taught in school. Yeah. So I have a very educational mat leave. And because I put all that time and effort there, when I came out, I came out booming and I found a really great clinic that was able to support me. I was the only naturopath there and I got a lot of cross referrals coming in. They were established for a while. That was really helpful to even get in the proper type of clinic. Yeah. So it easier to build. And I was putting the time and money meant I was putting the time, money and energy into being seen. 
mm-hmm. which is huge for practitioners. Because you build it does not mean they will come. It's about how am I getting out there so people know to come to me? Yeah. And that was huge. And one of the things that most practitioners need to really put time, money, and energy into and don't. Yeah, I think you hit on some huge points, time, money, and energy. You need at least one or sometimes a combination of them in order for you to put in motion, you know, the marketing plan and everything else. So I want to congratulate you on taking the time during maternity leave to learn that yourself, because I find that most people, again, they either don't have the money or the time or the energy to learn this themselves. So eventually um, it becomes very prudent to invest in a coach or some kind of training to help you with those ropes, because it is very difficult. You know, it's not like a common sense thing to teach yourself these things. No. And eventually I have mentors now. Like I went, I did it the hard way in the first place where I taught it to myself. So I call it viciously independent (laughs) of reaching out to be like, someone, can you help me? And that's one of the joys of having the coaches because they've, again, they've been through it just like how doctors are leading them through a healing journey. Other people are put on the planet to lead others through different types of journeys. So there are business coaches that will help you go through making a business journey. Yay. Use them, please. Make it easier. Resource, you know, get out there. Use people. Interdependence is huge in the industry. No need to do it the hard way or by yourself, which is what a lot of doctors think they need to do in the first place. It's like, I did all this schooling. I know what to do. No, no, you do not. It's okay to be silly. You put a lot of time, money, and energy into healing. You're good at that. Now, please do the same for running a business and you will succeed. Yeah. Yeah. It's two sides of a coin. Like you said, you know, you can be great, but who can you serve if they don't know about you? And also, if you never put the time, energy, and money into learning it, you can't expect to succeed from, you know, the first go at it we there's a you know a pattern to how we learn things from a childhood how we learn to talk and walk and eat and everything else you know everything is a process to build upon and to establish as a habit and as we were talking before you know about the conscious knowing and then up, uh, subconscious and unconscious it takes training and dedication and repetition to get it from conscious to the lower levels so that you're it's almost like second nature to you Yes, we call it four stages of learning and to get it unconsciously unconscious, which is the last stage where it becomes out of your awareness that you just do it. There's three other steps before that. And it is all about repetition because it has to become so ingrained in you in order to do that. And you did that when you went through as a healer. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now it's about the other side of it. What we really need to work on is you. What we really need to teach is any of the healers in the world is that it's okay to actually accept money. I like I've worked with different healers and I train different healers. And one of the first things they forget is that you need to get paid. It's like they had this really adverse reaction to money. 
like it somehow makes it dirty and Mm -hmm. that's not true because in order to help more people you actually have to make more it's kind of the way the universal law works when you're working in service is that in order to serve people you must actually make things to support yourself Mm -hmm. so not having a money mindset anywhere in most healing modalities hasn't helped when they went out there and they have this mixed reaction to actually receiving money. And that's been a huge hurdle that a lot of healers, naturopathic medicine or any other types of healers that I've worked with always have to overcome myself included. Yeah. What do you mean? I have to accept money or someone comes in and can't necessarily afford services. There are ways you can go around that and help. And still at the end of the day, that can only make up 10% of your practice or it actually will completely make it go under mm-hmm. have that unless that is your business model and you have other investors you have to have different relationship with money and knowing that money you okay we have this very adverse reaction to money and money in this reality and on this plane and on earth is all about energetic exchange. We have a lot of value that goes with money. And there seems to be a lot of preconceived notions of what money actually is. Money is just an energy exchange. And if you're not willing to exchange the energy, you can't thrive. Mm -hmm. And that crosses all platforms. That's in health and in business and in the happy, healthy, wealthy happens when you actually have a flow stagnation anywhere leads to disease and leads to things breaking down. That is just a universal law. So we haven't changed our relationship with money and how we view it and how we value money. You're not going to be able to even successfully build a business because you haven't actually realized that money is just energy. It's an energy exchange. And if you're, if you're ever going to change or exchange services, so say, you're going to go for a naturopathic doctor visit or for some of the trainer and neuro-linguistic programming that I do, if I'm going to do a massage, it's value for value. So whatever they charge for a massage is what, however many massages I would get for how much I charge for one of mine. And it's the exchange. And that's still good. As long as that exchange is fair and even and equal, there's no stagnation, there's no deficiency, and there's no excess. It just flows in homeostasis. Money is that. And if we haven't actually gone over what money is with healers, they have this like, oh no, don't go, okay, cancel, cancel, cancel that. But yes, they're like, no, I don't, I don't want anything to do with it. I just want to heal the world. And you can't until you have gotten rid of your own stagnations and your preconceived notions. Yeah, I was going to say, does go both ways in terms of flowing because an excess or deficiency is bad and holding on to money and being unwilling to let it go and also being unwilling to receive it are two opposite ends of the spectrum. And we are always in flow, you know, to maintain the homeostasis. Otherwise we would cease to be. Um, And so while we're alive, we are moving. So there's directionality in the flow of money and anything else, any other type of energy that we are 
in contact with. So whenever there is resistance, like you were saying, that's when things just stagnate. And also, um, like what you were saying about practitioners, I feel the problem or the block, the resistance is because we feel we need to be altruistic. So, you know, our healing is, is going one way and we're doing it for the good of someone else. And so we don't need to necessarily receive anything back for that if we're truly altruistic. Um, but like you were saying, it's more like the metaphor of you have to pour your own cup of water first. You have to fill your own jar first. Otherwise, you can't share anything of yourself ever. And that is in anything, in any area. You can't bring passion into your practice unless you have passion in your life. You can't bring any grounded aspect unless you're grounded. How are you supposed to bring it anywhere else if it doesn't start with you? It always starts with you. Always you. Your unconscious mind honestly takes everything personally. So you have to be about what works for you and working on your own blocks. And if you want to be successful in business, you want to be successful in practice and you want to be really helpful as a healer, you have to go through your own journey first and you constantly have to keep going through it. It doesn't stop. That this is what we call life. It keeps going. No, always no, yeah. yeah when it when the movement stops when the flow stops life is you know gone so I want to talk about your mission so I know you mentioned your um ideal client is yourself maybe your past version of yourself so what does that mean in terms of who you serve your niche in terms of clients um like health clients and then also the bowling institute and how you work with practitioners my my mission is really all about transforming what health is. Our focus is in the wrong place. Our focus is typically on disease. I want our focus to actually be on health. I want it to stop being disease specific. I want it to be about what makes people healthy and start there. That is my entire mission is to change the health industry into something that is sustainable and actually empowers people on their healing journey. That, that is the mission. Yeah. My son <laughs> completely agrees and he's fully on board. I'm going to stop him and put him in his room. And my ideal clients are really high functioning individuals. If I'm working one-on-one with people, I work with high functioning, anxious individuals who have a tendency towards perfectionism. They are very intelligent. They really, at the end of the day, achieve and think that it's going to somehow fill a hole or make them thorough enough. But somehow that next designation, whatever it is, will mean that they're worthy or that they can get love this time because this is going to change. So I work a lot with that. And the icing under the cake is that they've all come from trauma. Mm. Because a lot of high-functioning perfectionists start from trauma. And I've been through a lot of it. And I am one of the tops at guiding people through getting through trauma and stopping the fixed mindset that we call perfectionism. So I deal 
and personal practice there. And I deal with that with all my healing modalities from naturopathic medicines and those subsets and the other four designations that I train. All of that is put into how do I make sure that you thrive and actually thrive and your needs are met. Because first of all, no one knows their needs when they first start. They have an idea of what they think they should need and they have no idea what they do need. Mm -hmm. Break it down and I draw from my tool belt of what they individually need to make their path easier. And I guide them through that. Um, I also train other healthcare providers and I call them healers because I'll take someone from Reiki as well as I'll take another naturopathic doctor or a medical doctor. It does not matter what type of healer you are to me Mm -hmm. because you have a purpose for being here. You have a reason and you have a health focused interest. And I want to make sure that you thrive and I guide them through the journey that I took to work with people in deeper level and start blending spirituality into some of the science that they have learned as a healer. So I take them and bridge them into quantum medicine and I guide them how to actually take what they learned from the past to start creating their own programs and how to put that into their practice so they can actually work on their own healing magic. Mm. Every healer has it. Someone who came through as a massage therapist or a Reiki practitioner is going to be different than what I've created because I had different modalities. And that doesn't mean that they can't do the same stuff. Doesn't mean that they can't work deeper and they can't start doing blends and start working on a level that they were meant to work on and start healing people on the deepest level and watching the four bodies, so your mental, your emotional, your physical, and your spiritual bodies align and actually become happy, healthy, and wealthy. So I train other practitioners to do that for their clientele or their patients. Mm, I love that. Right? I now, <laughs> I know you mentioned that you first got the idea for quantum medicine from your own coach. And how did you pursue adding that educational component into your practice before you created Bolin Health Institute? My husband told me I was moving to Nunavut. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm gonna be completely isolated. And I used, I relied heavily on acupuncture and TCM. It's, I love that. I think it is one of the most comprehensive mind-body medicines that we have. Mm -hmm. And I went through this notion that that wasn't going to be able to happen up there. And I haven't been able to do as much because I've been with my son most of the time. And I don't have as much time to go put needles in people and do a lot of the intakes and the Inuit culture doesn't facilitate that as on top of it. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to help people as much as I could and make the impact I wanted to make without doing acupuncture on a regular basis. So I went back to my coach and I asked, where did you learn these? Is this <laughs> one of the deepest and most healing things I have been through? And it helped me actually do this thing we call life. Yeah. Being a perfectionist and being okay with screwing up and imperfect action. 
So I went back to my coach and I was like, where did you learn your stuff? How I never heard of these things. And then she actually brought me to my now mentor at uh, Creatrix. And she's another doctor. She's a PhD in quantum physics. Her name is Dr. Kim Redman. And she's also a high priestess and mystic. You know, the universe gives you things that you needed. Right. And always. So she guided me to Kim. And I went through Prac, which is the very first level. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And she goes, are you ready? And I was like, probably not. (laughs) She's like, okay, good start. Honest. So what do you really, really want to do? And I was like, I want the health industry to actually be health focused. This, this needs to change. I'm really tired of proactive work. Mm. Goes, okay. She helped me laid out a path and she was like, in order to work with groups and train people, got to go all the way up to trainer. And I did. And when I decided I was going to do it, I had my head between my legs and I was like, oh my God, you want me to do what now? (laughs) Okay. And then one of the things was you also need to be seen. I was like, okay, I'll do it. Very, very reluctantly at first. And been like, oh, this is not comfortable. None of this is comfortable. And it became comfortable. And I took the mentorship through all of the designations. So now I can train all four of them that I took on. And I'm on a master trainer dress. And my favorite beverage, I am a tea person. So I does not matter what type of tea. I probably have about 60 different types of tea in my cupboard. And flavored teas, that's my go-to. I'm a tea person. Yeah. Sounds like an herbalist. Yes. <laughs> and uh, the chocolate is the heart medicine. So makes sense. That makes, makes complete sense. All right. Now, lastly, Dr. Liz, please share with us how we can find you on social media, your website. How can people reach out and learn more about your work? You can find me on www.bullenhealthinstitute.com. And you can also email me at drliz at bullenhealthinstitute.com. And my social media, if you want to follow me at drlizquantummed, that will be my Instagram handle. And you'll find all fun things about quantum there as well. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to subscribe. I don't think I saw you on Instagram yet, so I'll do that. And uh, I look forward to connecting and getting to know you more and sharing you with the listeners. So thank you so much again for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for being very understanding with my child. It's a (laughs) No problem. I know how it is. All right. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed the show and learned something new from it. I certainly get super inspired by the guests I have on. If the same is true for you, I'd really appreciate a five-star review on any of the podcast platforms and a shout out on social media. You can find me at my name, Dr. Marina Booksov, or at the tag at Raw Fork. So I look forward to connecting and I hope you have a great week ahead.